0: What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Buck and Trout Podcast. I am your host, Marcus Petnetty, and this week we're going to do something a little different from what we've been up to. Uh, This week we got a special guest on, Bill Cole. He's going to talk to us about picking some ginseng, picking some mushrooms, and this is something I'm really excited about because it's something that I'm not really familiar with and I I would really like to get better at, um, just kind of improve on my woodsmanship. Uh, Bill pretty much goes through where he likes to start and where he thinks some of the best places you can find some of this stuff is it's something that I think that we all could probably be really interested in and mushrooms uh can be pretty intimidating you know you pick the wrong one you eat the wrong one and you're in uh big trouble so we do go over that in the podcast and uh talk about some striper fishing some other stuff he's been up to a little bit of fly fishing but all in all i really hope you guys enjoy this episode Uh, if you have any questions please don't be afraid to send me any dms anything that i can relay back to bill i will as for me in the outdoors uh, still out there trying to collect uh, some syrup and i think today i just spoke with my brother we're up to 27 gallons or so Uh, today was very warm and uh, coming out of the freeze from what I understand that's when it really gets flowing so I think we plan on checking the buckets again tomorrow and I believe Friday we're gonna try to burn some down and this ain't something that we've ever done or anything just watching YouTube videos talking to local guys and such so wish me luck on that and uh, don't worry I'll be sure to drink a beer for you guys so I hope you guys enjoy the episode and thanks for listening welcome back ladies and gentlemen we got another great episode for you here today i'm joined by bill cole bill how are you good how are you very good very good thanks for coming to the studio i really appreciate your time here um please start by introducing yourself tell us a little bit about who you are what you're into and uh maybe just what got you into the outdoors.
1: Oh, well, of course, my name's Bill Cole. Um, I live on top of the Buckhorn area. Um, I run a garage up there, automotive garage, uh, me and my men. Um, I'm into hunting, fishing, fly fishing. Uh, down race town, you know, striper, I should say. Um, hiking, GPS, ginseng. That sort of stuff. Yeah. A little bit of foraging.
0: We were talking about that right before we started here. And all I know of ginseng is what I've seen on television. And that's like they had that Appalachian show or whatever it was. <laughs> which I know some of that stuff was staged yeah. this and staged that and all that. But if you can, I would gra- you know greatly appreciate if we can go over that. I don't know nothing about it. So when you go out looking for it, how do you start the whole process?
1: Well, I, I usually go on Google Earth. And and, and uh, look through the areas, look for the north face of the mountain okay. where the southern side would hit. That's not always typically true, you know, but it gives me some sort of area to look at. Right. Or the western side. Um, uh, I set my GPS coordinates in the laptop and then translate them to, through... I forget what it's called, but uh, there's a format you can go, and you can translate your path and waypoints from your laptop to your Garmin GPS. Okay. And then you just hook it to your belt, and you say you're going to do a 10-mile hike, you and your buddy. uh, You set uh, one truck at point A and set one truck at point B. Um, Me and Frank Laskowski went from... uh, Oh, eight, oh, till, down to no, no. picked up another truck yeah that's l- a l- long way yeah yeah <laughs> it was it was a rep yeah it was an all day rep and uh the garmin it as long as you have uh fresh batteries and another set you know that's mm-hmm. what you're supposed to have then uh i i went i blew up my uh uh screen and you can go past the way line either way you know zigzag look investigate different things, grab your line again and keep going. But it, it, it put us within five feet of the point B of the truck.
0: Right. You so know. when you use that, then are you guys you're not walking in a straight line. Are you doing like a zigzag pattern?
1: Oh my God, yeah. You can okay. you can point put as many waypoints on it as right. you want. Right. You know. We could go from here to China with a garment if right. we wanted to.
0: <laughs> now so what you're saying is it when you look back at it, you're able to see All your footsteps. Every one of them. You could backtrack yourself real easily. You could
1: backtrack forward, you know, save, Mm -hmm. archive. Right. Whatever you need to do. Put put certain waypoints with icons on there. Okay. Points of interest.
0: I got you. And then, um, so do you use that to just say, oh, you know, we already went over this spot. You know, we don't need to go back there. Or... uh, just looking back at it, is that something you say? Okay, we, we searched this, we're done here. Let's go over to this spot and search here.
1: Right, right. You can, you you can do that. Um, I'll I'll be in an area where there may not be any uh, vulnerable plants like ginseng or cohosh or right. some of that nature. Right, and there might be one hell of a deer path coming down through. I mm. mean, really beaten down. I'll icon it with the deer head there. Right, you know. Mm-hmm. If I ever decide to hunt that area. I got you. you.
0: Know. Yeah. So what time of the year are you out looking for ginseng?
1: Uh, Usually in the beginning of September. Okay. You know, in the valleys, you can start a little earlier, you know. Because it's a little warmer in the valley. Yeah. Okay. The, the growing season is a little further on.
0: All right. Am I looking for uh, certain trees or anything? Am I looking for uh, maybe wet ground? Am I looking for shaded areas?
1: you're looking for shaded areas um uh a softer ground companion plants like uh, black cohosh blue cohosh um gold fill um you, you can actually fill the earth being softer okay you know when you one of their better trees that they grow around is beech, but beech trees lay a heavy leaf and and the berry can't punch up through the ground okay that's why they don't grow around oak so much is because the, when the leaves settle, they're so heavy yeah. that not too much punches up through. Right.
0: and it, But it, you don't think it has anything to do with the acidity in the soil, like a, like around an oak tree or
1: something? No. I've actually seen a few ginseng grow right next to hemlock. Okay. You mm-hmm. know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so say
0: we're out there. We're on a north-facing slope. We are in a, let's just say we're in a patch of ferns in a shaded area, and we find some ginseng, right? What, what, is exa- what exactly does ginseng look like?
1: It's usually, some of mature plants uh, usually six to eight inches tall. Okay. Uh, three stem. There's uh, three, three leaves ahead and two in the back. And, and they're, they have little jaggies, edges the whole way back the leaf a lot of people get them confused with the Virginia creep plant, which is, you know, rampant everywhere. But, right. but, uh, and then in the center, you'll find a berry pod. You typically.
0: Okay. And so we find it, right. How do we get it out
1: of the ground? You, 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 it's kind of like archeology. You, you, you actually be real careful and pull it away. And, and, and actually if it's a, big root you know you you have to like use little shovels and whatnot scrape it away get get to the root try to get all the the whole root out with the hairs mm-hmm. it may take you a while, but that's what you have to do
0: huh. yeah I like I tell you I don't really know a lot about it but I what from just from what I've seen it um, you know televised and whatnot right so we get the plan out we get it out correctly I do remember seeing something about b- putting berries back in the ground or something. Is yes. that something that is practiced then?
1: Yes, it is. Squeeze the berry and, and put it in about a half an inch Okay. in that area. Make sure you mark that location, huh? Yeah, mark <laughs> that location. And don't tell nobody. <laughs> to get a decent plant, it'd be about 25 years later. Right. You know?
0: Wow, really? That's a long time. It is. It is. All so right. when you stumble across, like if I was to go out there and I stumbled across a good couple good plants like i really yeah i i really hit a gold mine huh yeah, yeah. well not a, not so much a gold mine but to my to myself yeah you know, I, like a trophy map
1: a, a patch mm-hmm. uh, biggest patch i ever ran across maybe 15 to 20 plants wow you know I, they, you hear people saying well there's 50 plants 100 plants on this hillside right no yeah you hit a patch of 20 you've you done pretty good and then maybe if you hit some more you know.
0: Now, does it only grow in the mountainous region, or does it grow in like like flat areas at It'll all? It'll grow
1: flat in, on flat areas, okay. too, Okay. depending on what your canopy your tree canopy is like. Right,
0: right. Um, so then also, we got the plant, we buried the berry back in the ground, and we made sure we were nimble in getting the plant out. Now, what do we do with it?
1: Well, you typically dry it out. Okay. Some people keep it wet you know uh pack it in the fridge but it'll eventually mildew i usually use a like um the old uh steel trowel cages that you used to throw over the boat Uh and i'll hang it from the uh, joist the floor joist in the basement uh suspended in the air i'll put some newspaper or not newspaper but paper towel down put uh some root down put some more paper paper towel down and then put a second set of root on it and that's all due because if you put too much right it, it'll trap and mildew huh. you want to dry the root out
0: yeah so we dry it out and then do you would you grind it up and use it for something or
1: i sell it to the chinese okay i figured yeah they
0: yeah they're they're known to be pretty into it to using it for tea and Lots of other stuff, from what I understand. Right. I've actually been told, I don't know if it's true or not, something some type of aphrodisiac they use it in or something. Uh,
1: it, it, it It is an energy booster. Okay. It's plain right. and simple. There's nothing else to it. Right. Uh, they have their ways about worshipping it, you know, right. along with other things. But, uh, I mean, they bu- they'll buy several things off you. Right. But uh, uh, the guy that bought it for me, he come right to my place and we weighed it out on a professional scale and that's how we right did business so what does it usually go for then uh right around 700 dollars a pound wow
0: but i would imagine it takes a lot to make a pound
1: uh, pound feathers yeah yeah
0: yeah it's i mean it's a lot you, yeah
1: <laughs> you 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 really gotta enjoy doing that you know right and it's it's fun because it, it's like hunting. I mean, you walk and you walk and you haven't seen it and the next thing you look and then right there it is, you know.
0: Right. Yeah, it's its its own reward. That's like we were talking earlier and I was saying about shed hunting for me. It's the same thing. Yeah. You know, it takes a lot of footwork and when you find it, it's really rewarding. Exactly. So, well, we talked a little bit about ginseng. How about a little bit about mushroom hunting? Because that's something that I think more people want to get into, but that's probably... The single most intimidating thing for, you know, somebody who's into any type of herbs or searching for that kind of stuff to to see, because you hear stories, you know, you know, know it's true that somebody finds, uh, you know, this certain planter and they try to eat it. And I mean, I'm trying to think what the name of that famous story is, that, that guy that went to Alaska and he is in that bus or whatever. And I don't even know if you know what I'm talking about, but... It, it's like a big symbolic thing. And he goes out in the middle of Alaska. And it's like this, this city boy and tries to survive or whatnot. And he ends up eating this, some type of mushroom or something, right? And, you know, I, I guess he had a diary and he had a whole story and he wrote it all down, you know, the way he was you know, dying pretty much. <laughs> hey, you know, I feel funny. I don't know what to do about this and that. And mm. um, But anyway, that is something that's very you know, intimidating to people because they hear stories like that. You also hear stories, you know, I know, I know stories of people getting sick, you know, just throw up vomit, you know, diarrhea, whatever it may be, but they're also able to access a doctor if they need. So let's start with, you know, what time of the year do you look for mushrooms? What kind of mushrooms are you looking for? And is there anything else you're looking for? Are you looking for ramps? Maybe any type of like wild onions? Or are you looking for
1: uh, any other stuff? well ramps i mean i have ramps growing in my yard right right and, and if i eat them the wife won't even sleep with me so i <laughs> won't, i don't I, I love them but i, I won't eat them right. anymore I'm, I'm done with them right. but you know and they are good yeah uh, um, mushrooms grow typically where ginseng is and okay. ginseng grows they grow hand in hand actually um I've seen mushrooms grow and mature in one day and rot in one day. Mm. They, they, they've done that, especially the papinki. The papinki, you'll do that. Um, as of Mason, if you go out long. Holy shnikes. And some in the fall, uh, you, you can, there were stumps out there, me and my dad used to pick right along the road. You know, mm-hmm. the papinkis right along the road, you rode on it for them. Okay. <laughs> Stop and pick them and then uh, pick them in the yard. And then there was a patch down below, and we would actually race the deer for them because the deer would eat them. Right. You know, they, they smell them, they're after them. Right. But uh, the number one rule is, you know, always go with somebody that knows.
0: You know. That knows what, what you're picking. Exactly. Right. And that's what we were talking about. And I, I mean, I don't even have to feel like this, just know. But that kind of woodsmanship is just disappearing. And that's, you know, one of the biggest reasons I'd like to have, you know, have you on the podcast or people with knowledge to have that kind of stuff because who else is going to show somebody, you know? Right. You can read in a magazine and stuff, but let me tell you something. There's a lot of bad information out there.
1: Oh yeah. You yeah. know,
0: and that's that's you know, I'm not saying it can be published that it's bad and all that, but if you have somebody and usually, you know, not to come down on people's age or anything, but if you find an older gentleman or an older woman that knows what they're talking about, I, I mean, they're eating it. They're still yeah. alive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So that kind of stuff is is really it's really a gem to to be able to know and find. Yeah. So, there's,
1: there's the papinky hen of the woods, which is pretty rare. Mm-hmm. Um, guys don't share that information too much. I know where there's one growing, but I'm going to get it this time around. Last time I seen it, it was pretty big. But I didn't have a knife on me to cut it, you know, and if I, I wasn't going to rip the roots out of it because it, it is a spore area. Okay. That and your morels, of course. Right. Um, Which is probably the
0: most popular one.
1: Oh, well, everybody loves morels, right. you know. They're a hollow, they're a hollow uh, mushroom. Right. You know, very much to them, really, but everybody values them. I think the hen of the woods or the hen's ruffle, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm um you clean it up and deep fried it. it it's just terrific yeah and there's you know?
0: probably a lot of mushroom guys that would agree with you oh right? yeah.
1: yeah yeah there there is papinky's good but it's more of like a gravy mushroom okay you know and then you can't throw a whole lot into your well, gravy so for the papinky say you pick some
0: right right what do you do with it after you get it
1: Oh, yeah, it's a lot of work. You put them in a the sink and clean them. Okay, we should put them, them in like salt water or something, or just cold water. Okay, just cold water. Clean the webbing and the bugs and the the dirt out of them. Okay, I remember one time me and Dad were on uh, over here on fifty three heading towards, uh, um, oh! and uh, right right at uh, hard to park there, but. Uh, Papinkies everywhere. They were growing up beside this big boulder up there. They were growing up a, a big old rotten uh, tree log. We picked two full garbage bags full mm-hmm. when we came out of there. Wow. We had enough papinkies for five years or something, <laughs>
0: something like that. <laughs> so but, what uh, do you? So what do you use them? How do you cook them then? Do you? Are you using them in like a sauce or gravy or something? Yeah. Or are you, okay.
1: All right. Yeah. I imagine you could fry them. Yeah. But but. Uh, They're if you eat them raw, they're real starchy. They'll really choke on your throat. You know? Really? Yeah, they're they're a strong mushroom. And then if you put them in, you put them in uh, gravy or whatnot. It it enhances your gravy, of course. But then uh, you can't put too many in. It makes the gravy slimy. Okay. Yeah. Huh?
0: Yeah, I. I mean, honestly, that's probably not one a lot of people even talk to me about. It's a pinky mushroom.
1: Yeah, it's real common. I mean, it, it's the most common, one of the most common mushrooms around. And then there's the puffball, the white puffball. You know, they're, slice them up like bread and fry. Them.
0: Right, kind of like with a morel.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, the puffball has a lot of substance to it.
0: Okay. Um, so we did the pinky, the puffball. Where do you look for, say you wanted to look for
1: papinkies.
0: Is there a certain area you'd look for?
1: I would look in the darker woods with okay. canopy. Heavy and, canopy. And, and and some rotten wood underneath.
0: Okay. And no. any certain facing slopes or anything? No. Not on but that. I mean, you say the dark woods,
1: so maybe look on a north slope. You could, you could. But, uh, you know, we found the papinkies a lot more readily available than than ginseng mm-hmm. so you know as long as you have a canopy you know right neither one will grow without a canopy i got you you know
0: so that's papinkies, uh the puffballs, where would you look for them at same area
1: well, a lot of times they'll grow in your yard mm-hmm. you know i've seen them
0: in the yard i just yeah. i don't i don't play with them because i don't know nothing about them
1: well they they, they deteriorate, and you step on them, and that brown smoke comes out mm-hmm. of, or brown dust. But right. Uh, when they were young, that's when time to clip them off. You know, you clip them off and eat them right there. You yeah. fry them up. Uh, I've had them as big as a softball, you know. That's pretty big. Yeah, they get much bigger. They start rotting inside, Okay. then they're no good. So
0: you want to get them when they're young? Uh, yeah. Is there a yeah. lot of other mushrooms that are like
1: that where you want oh, to? Yeah. Okay. You can get papinkis that grow as big as... A small uh, coffee saucer, but they're rotten. Oh shit! You, yeah, you can't do anything with them. Huh. The buttons are the best when you when you get them up and they're. You they're said it. Small they they, they like to grow on the side of the dead trees. Side of dead trees, uh t- certain types of ground, they'll just pop out of. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: Are they like an overnight thing?
1: Like yeah. where they just pop <laughs> yeah. up? Yeah, yeah, they're an overnight thing. Yeah. Yeah, you always got to keep uh, keep an eye out for them. Yeah. Um. So
0: that's a papinky. and you said to prepare that you just bring it home, and soak it in in cold
1: water, and clean the webbings, mm-hmm. and 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 get the bugs out. Yeah, and then, just like an overnight soak. Uh, possibly. Okay. You know, and then uh, uh, clean the webbing out, clean the dirt out, half them and freeze them. You know, dry them out and freeze them. Right.
0: Just put them in separate bags or something, so you yeah. can put them in a
1: gravy or whatever. Whatever you want to do, right? Yeah,
0: maybe like a chicken marsala or something. Oh or
1: yeah, you can. You don't have to necessarily have a gravy, but it enhances anything right. you wanted to do.
0: Venison gravy.
1: Venison, yeah, with the, absolutely. With papinky mushroom. Oh, right? that'd be terrific. There
0: you go. I'm making you drool. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we did the papinky too. Let's talk about the one that everybody talks about, the one that everybody's chasing, which that I'm aware of is everybody's looking for a morel mushroom. Oh,
1: yeah. There's a few around this area. I've been sworn to see. I was going to say, please
0: don't say it because I'll have to bleep it out. <laughs> and Not not a problem. I'll go back in there. But
1: There's a farm in the area where it grows. Good. Why good. some apple trees?
0: <laughs> well, I've heard, and you can tell me if this is true or not, that these morels, and I know where there's a couple at too, but old apple orchards is one. Been yes. told that. Yes. I've also been told by a lot of older gentlemen that look for him, dead elm trees. That's possible.
1: Well, there's enough dead elms right now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Honestly, I mean, I know where there's some elm trees, but I, as far as my property, we don't, we don't have a lot of elm trees.
1: Yeah, well, I got one up the house. It's dead beetle bored right into it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Know. Kind of like these freaking ash boards, man. Yeah. The mash trees are dangerous right now. Yeah. But. Like we were saying, the morels. So, is that where you would start? Would you start in an old apple orchard or something? Is that is that
1: is that your go to? No, no, I I wouldn't say. You know, um, quite honestly, right up at the garage, I had a few morels grown. Yeah, you know, there's no rhyme and reason for it.
0: Right. You know. So you wouldn't tell anybody to go look at a certain spot, like, hey, you should check here first.
1: Yeah. Uh, only if I knew they were there the year before. Right. You know, and they were properly cut off. Mm-hmm.
0: The other thing yeah. I heard is like uh, areas where there's prescribed burns or there was forest fire or stuff like that, like at
1: New Earth. Yeah, it's possible. Okay. Yeah. That's I didn't right.
0: know if that was uh, maybe an area that you've seen them in or that you'd look on purpose.
1: No. No. Okay. No, no. no. Um, your darker woods, um, overhanging grapevines. Right. You know.
0: Yeah. It's like this common thing for the fungus to grow in this dark damp area exactly
1: and there's you know um, mushrooms uh, grow in that type of area the right. darker areas and and it's rich in soil too right which know. would
0: be like a decaying tree right it's damp you know holding water. Whatnot. Oh, my God, yeah. You know, it's why you're finding your moss and all that on them all the you know.
1: Yeah, we had them growing right in my dad's yard. Yeah. And Walter, old Walter, Walter Stassick would stop and pick right in the yard, you right. know. My right. dad's buddy. I'd look out there and there was Walter. Clip, clipping them right off the stumps. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I wish there was more guys that were into it. There are. There are. And I know I have listeners oh, yeah. that are into it, but I think maybe even with, uh, with the regulations, you know, with how many more people got outdoors this year with uh, with that virus and all that, that you might you might see an, an increase in people out there looking for this stuff.
1: You may. Yeah. May. I,
0: I see. Yeah. It, I, I really think that it's it, it's coming. I could be wrong, but I think it's something you'll see more. It'll be more popular
1: for sure. Right. All I say is you, use your GPS and you go, you know. Right. No one likes to hunt for men. That's right. for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, I and you know, I agree with you. I think a lot of people are afraid to go as far as you go, though. Oh, because I know what you're talking about. That's that's a long way, and I know actually know two guys that got lost in there one night, and they spent the night down there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> that's a vast woods. Yeah, yeah, you know? it's big. It's big. Yeah. So I think that that I think that tract of land is like, and I don't want to say exactly where it's at, but I'm I'm pretty familiar with it, and I think it's twenty two thousand
1: acres. It 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 was uh, I'm thinking about ten mile hike. It yeah. was we were tired when we got to yeah. the end of it.
0: Right now, that all depends on you know which way the crows flying in there for 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 that amount of acres. But um, so the morels definitely the most popular one that I can think of, and everybody asks me about you know hey you you know where there's any morels <laughs> like I'd freaking tell them. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but so say you got some morels, right? What would you do with them?
1: I'd eat them. Okay.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't sell them. Okay. I'd eat them. And well, how do you prepare them?
1: I just slice them in half and cook them in butter. Okay.
0: But you soak them uh, in
1: cool water. Yeah. Clean them up a little bit, yeah. And then just fry them up. Yeah. Yeah. They are pretty
0: good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I've had them a couple of times. Now, how about um, one that's maybe not as popular, but I know, I know where there's a lot of it at, is that chicken of the woods.
1: Yeah. That's easy and accessible. Yeah. And it grows a lot.
0: Right. And same thing for that. We're talking about like a fungal area, a exactly. dark, wet,
1: you know, low maybe low to the ground, uh, fallen trees. Fallen tree usually. Right. Grows right alongside bright orange, yellowish. Yeah. You can't miss
0: Super-ish it. Super easy spot. <laughs> yeah. That's why I said I know where a lot of it at. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: so if you get that and you go to prepare it, how do you prepare that? it's a dry mushroom I, I I think after washing it I would cook it in a lot of butter or okay. something because it is a dry mushroom and you would just serve it with itself maybe with something else you could probably pour gravy over it okay and, you know because it is a dry mushroom okay but it is good
0: I've had it before and it was prepared for me you know properly and all that but yeah I like I said there's so much more stuff I'd like to get into because i I feel like I'm a, I'm a good hunter and stuff but my woodsmanship is something I really want to improve on, and that's one way to improve on it, you know?
1: Well, there's the beefsteak mushroom and and also the oyster mushroom that grows out there as well. They're real good.
0: Now, what what exactly do they look like?
1: Look like an oyster. They're right out there and right on the side of a tree. Mm -hmm. Is that something I might find growing right beside Chicken of the Woods? You very well may. Mm. You know, when I brought some Chicken of the Woods home, I was looking for ginseng. Right. I didn't find any ginseng, but I brought some mushrooms home. Right. <laughs> right. Well,
0: I think that the the common point that we find in going out and, and foliaging for this stuff is there's so much more you're looking for. You know, I know you're not out there just looking for that. You're looking for deer sign. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're looking for turkey sign. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm. You know, and that's, that's a point that I want to get across to people is there's a lot of guys that aren't out there scouting before a season like a deer season or a spring gobbler. You know, and this is one way I think that we can get more people out in the woods is have them go out and do this. Like I'm out there shed hunting. Well, soon enough I'll be shed hunting slash mushroom hunting, you know. You're right. Slash looking at trees, looking at, you
1: know, looking for old historic deer sign and uh, turkey sign. Well, some of the places I've been, I've just put the snuff in my pocket. Make sure the nicotine's been out of my system for about a half an hour. If I'm going up a hill... You know you need all the air you can get right and and take your time you know especially my age but take your time and y- y- anytime you run through the woods you're going to get hurt so you know if, if you're running through the woods looking for stuff you're going to get bit you're going to get mm-hmm. tripped up hurt broken leg right there's a number of things that can happen to you but you know it, really beast your cardiovascular up Mm -hmm. so when regular rifle comes around or whatever you're you're really set for it
0: right that's a great point yeah you know that's a really good point to keep yourself in body uh in in good enough shape that you can be better and you know be more successful and especially if you're a guy who's like a running gun guy and you're tracking deer right you you know turkey you know you hear one gobbling across the next holler then you're gonna
1: you know, I ran into peeps on in the woods and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's nice to see.
0: That is cool. Yeah, yeah. It, just getting out there, being part of it, and then you know it's the same thing as killing an animal and bringing it back. You're preparing yourself your own your own thing. Exactly. You got it yourself. You didn't go to no supermarket. You know, if they close down the store tomorrow, <laughs> it, uh, oh well. You know, who cares? Yeah. It yeah. just means you can't go buy it. But it ain't. It's not like you're gonna starve.
1: Exactly. So. The um, uh, you go out in the woods. You like you're saying you're you're looking for all kinds of things. You right. know, not necessarily uh, ginseng or what or mushrooms, but you know, you're learning the ground as well. Right. Yeah, and especially if you're
0: talking about uh, a patch of woods that you plan on on hunting. Right. Then you're gonna know it, and you should know it. So when you're looking at You were saying you were looking on, like, Google Earth and all that. Were you looking at any topographic features?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, topographic features, which way they Mm set, the whole bit. Yeah. I even ran into Abandoned Reservoir. It has native trout in it. Don't say where that's at. (laughs) 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 We'll talk about that later. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, they have trout in there. It's just gorgeous.
0: Yeah. That is awesome. And I... I know of a spot where there's there's a good bit of native brook trout. They're not very big, but the area is beautiful. It's yeah. really, really nice. Uh, let's talk about our area. And I know you're 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 foraging in the area. How many rattlesnakes have you run into?
1: Um, or maybe you just even any other snakes? I ran into in- a, a long black snake right next to my feet, and he was like, uh, "You don't see me. You don't see me. You mm-hmm. don't see me. I see you." You know, right. and I took my stick and moved them, and then he went off, and then I was down in a hollow, and the sun was in my eyes, literally, and it was shady and 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 bright, and I wanted to get to darker areas, and I was hustling along pretty good mm-hmm. towards the end of the day, right? And, and I stepped on stepped on a snake, and I think it was a rattler. <laughs> that scary. Oh, jeez, <laughs> I have I have snake boots, but right. He fell awful soft and squiggly. Right. You know?
0: <laughs> that is something you'd probably recommend to guys, though, is to invest in some snake boots if you're to oh be out yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. That's the point I was getting to
1: is, and they're very comfortable boots, too. A yeah. lot of ankle support. Yeah. I, I forget what kind I have. Irish setters or something mm-hmm. like that. They're, right. They're really good.
0: But, yeah, I know, you know, when you're in the woods that time of the year, you're going to run into some critters, and yeah. that's one that you, you, know, you should be careful with a little bit. Um. You never rented into any copperheads
1: around here, did you? No, but a friend of mine's killed one down at the bottom of Wapsie, and I would have never believed it unless i seen it. Hmm. And uh, it's just crazy that there'd be one down there, but there was. Yeah. yeah.
0: So we talked about pretty much, is that is that about everything that you forage for? Mm,
1: I, I I would say so. Um, you know, there's, there's just berries, berry picking and, you know, that sort of stuff. I mean, if there's a particular medicine route that someone wants, like gold seal, you know, uh, a blood cleaner or uh black cohosh, it's a diuretic. Um, but, uh, you know, the, all, all these plants have menis-, menis, or medical values. Right, right. And, uh, you know, um. I actually have a a mushroom book, and uh, there's some a, a lot of different uh, mushrooms that I don't know. Right. Um, yeah. It that's... shows the poisonous and the non poisonous, and some of the poisonous ones you ain't even supposed to touch. You know, and if you touch them, it can get through your skin. Yeah. And uh, um, the uh, uh, rule they have is have have someone with you that knows. So if I'm going for a mushroom I don't know anything about, I'm going to find someone that does. Right.
0: Yeah, that's you know. that's a good point to make. Uh, I think a lot of guys may not have access to somebody who does know what they're talking about, but maybe for that guy or that girl, don't be afraid to travel to meet someone. Or, you know, if you want to get to know
1: that, it's really good to have somebody who's got a lot of experience with that. So. Yeah. Um, Lake Mont is supposed to have a mushroom club okay where a bunch of older guys actually go out and pick and I think they do actually do train other people you know
0: well I'm glad you mentioned that because I was unaware of that so yeah that's something I'll look into and for anybody listening I'll promote if I find any any more information about that yes
1: yes. Just like the fishing, you know, uh, fly fishing. I love them. I'm going to get back into this year. Okay. Um, Trial Unlimited. They're a great organization. Okay. You know? Well,
0: let's just, we'll segue right into some doing some fly fishing because I know it's something you're passionate about. And then uh, we'll see where it goes from there. But this time of the year, uh, we're going into March.
1: Are you getting ready? Are you tying flies? Are you? I used to tie, but I, I'm getting so old. My finger's getting so stiff. I, I just buy them anymore. Yeah, you want to support anybody local you get them from or anything? Um, I I Uncle Joe or yeah Uncle Joe's mm-hmm. Woodshed. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, Uncle Joe's Woodshed is is where I get a lot of fish and stuff too. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, they're a local group and uh, they're really good. Um, beginning flies of uh of springtime for trout fishing is mm-hmm. usually the hairs there. You know, or a green worm or a brown worm, you can tie up. You know, and uh, trout really know that sort of stuff. Right. Now, are you fishing top water? Or are you going? Are you? It, it's it's mid. Okay. It's mid, and it's it's uh, like a nymph, right? Or or a worm. You know. Yeah. And uh, that with that and a strike indicator. Very very rare. I use a leaded, uh, or a, a heavy heavy uh real heavy weighted down nymph okay that might be for like a deep hole mm-hmm. you know but uh, i'll use a beaded nymph which is pretty good it's not quite as heavy but if if i'm getting into like a rapid hole that's coming around you know it'll it'll keep it down where the trout can see it
0: now are you just fishing trout with the fly rod or are you trying to catch anything else with your fly rod when you're out just trout okay so i mean you won't be long you'll be getting it out do you yeah.
1: do you do any wintertime fishing with it no okay I, I i've done some ice fishing and it's not bad yeah but i just it's never cold. <laughs> well actually you get out in the ice and right. there's no no uh, uh wind and uh sun it's it's like a summer day right you know, guys put their tip what's up, up, and they...
0: Yeah, especially the guys that got cabins out there. Yeah. <laughs> they have a heck of a good time.
1: Yeah, and that ice is 20 inches thick, so... Right. Ain't like ...anybody's going to fall through. Right.
0: Yeah, you've seen some of the places, you know, especially up north, they're driving their trucks and everything right out to the lake.
1: Yeah. That's some serious weight.
0: Yeah. So, you are getting ready for fly fishing season. You said, uh, you, you know, just buying your flies, whatnot. What kind of trout are you after? Are you are you fishing to stock trout streams, or are you guys venturing into the woods fishing
1: the wild, the native? I used to do that with uh, no! up up in, uh, no! mm-hmm. you know, it's all native, yeah. and I I didn't keep them, but you all know, right. just playing around with them, and uh, but the creek's getting too small. Yeah,
0: I I'm not, familiar with it. That's sad. Yeah,
1: you know. Yeah. When I was a young kid, that was a roaring creek. Yeah.
0: I heard a lot, a lot of, a lot of guys talk about years past yeah. in that area, yeah. but that's probably something I'm to have to go back and edit because I don't want too many people to know mm-hmm. about that.
1: Yeah, I, I fished that clear from the power line clear down to, uh, the, to, to the tavern. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, make a day of it.
0: Yeah, so, so now, is that something you're still after? Are you still fishing the natives and the wild trout, or are you fishing?
1: No. The stock stream. I I fish stock stream. I'm a catch and release guy. Yeah,
0: I understand. You know. Yeah.
1: I pinched the barb down and... Right. And uh, did my thing, Mm -hmm. you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with a guy catching releases, and there's nothing wrong with a guy that keeps them. Now, I would Mm -hmm. recommend if you're going to keep them, fish the stock stream. Yeah. You know, because they're not going to survive anyway. Right. Some streams will hold over and stuff. And, I, I mean, I'll gladly have this conversation with anybody who wants to argue with me, but... It's hard for the stalk trout to live. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there there's certain cases where a couple of them will...
1: Well, some of them make it. Right, right. But it's... it's
0: The percentage isn't... It's not real good.
1: Well, it is what it is. You know, if, you know, fish and guys that want to keep them, keep them. You yeah.
0: Know. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're super blessed, and I always talk about how good our area is for fishing. It's it's wonderful.
1: Oh, yeah. Your dad's gave me a pile of them. You know, yeah. I... Right. I I eat my fill fish and then I'm done. You right. Know? So I really don't need to catch any. Yeah. No, I understand. <laughs> I just need to sit there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't personally. Usually, I keep them. I'll keep the freezer. Like I'll, I might have by the end of the season, I might have 20 yeah. uh, fish. So like 40 fillets. Yeah. All together, uh, and I just you know through like now we're in Lent. And maybe, you know, we'll cook some up here and there. Right. Or in the summertime, do some surf and turf. Yeah. Some yeah. venison. Some Absolutely. We call it hoof and dam.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. My my wife, she hates trout. Oh, I hate trout. I hate trout. Mm-hmm. You know. Personally, I like a trout that's split. That's the, the skin way. Skin on it. That's how I like Skin's it. Skin's the best. Roll um, them up in tinfoil. Yeah. And, yeah, that's the way I like them. But, uh, you know, I, I give her filet. Yeah. I I put enough breading on it and stuff and she doesn't know what it tastes is.
0: tastes like a long drawn silver so yeah
1: it does right. it yeah. does yeah. yeah she doesn't know any better
0: so how how long do you fish in the springtime then do you fish up the turkey season and then you get more serious about birds or
1: uh i don't chase too many birds okay um just uh never got into it that much i mean i've, I've hunted them some you know and it it, it is fun but, but,, uh, my focus goes from uh, fishing trout to go to going on the pontoon and and uh, going for them stripers.
0: yeah, well, let's go right into that then because I don't know a lot about stripers fishing. I know guys
1: that do it. i
0: never I've never
1: even done it. yeah, well, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, I started out with uh, race town guides and then uh, went from there and they'll they'll teach you, you know, and I went with that. Uh, Tim Grace, he was a great guide. And uh, he I think he moved to Florida. He got ill, but uh, caught a lot of striper off him.
0: Yeah. yeah. So what is the process for a striper fisherman then? How do you start your day? What are you planning on taking with you? And what are you looking to do?
1: Well, on well, the boat I have, we take a lot of food, a lot <laughs> of food and water, you know. Right. Um, you you might, uh, I have uh, a mincota forty forty five pound thrust I forget what they call it but it it works off satellite and and you can program it to to uh, actually take a, a, a line that you already had if you if you did good on that line just pretty much like a GPS and then I have a, a hummingbird on the back it works in conjunction with it All Right. it has the depth it has the crystal in the motor mm-hmm. and uh, um, we, we troll about a half a mile an hour and, uh, put, put, try to find a thermocline where, where those trout are at or those stripers are at where they're comfortable. And, uh, you'd say it's 25 feet. So you drop down 25 feet, tie off your planer board, you know, put two rights out, put two lefts out 25 feet, start dragging your all you know, or your spoons or whatever you're dragging and uh hopefully wait for a hit
0: now whenever you got are you're trolling you got your drag set super light then or how did what's your indicator for strike
1: um the indicator for a strike is a planer board will disappear there's no there's no uh if ands or buts with the with the strike it'll take that big heavy rod and it will almost break it it'll bow it And that's one of the exciting moments. Oh my god! Right? Yeah, yeah. So
0: how many rods do you are you allowed to to troll once?
1: Well, everybody's allowed two. So two rods a guy, right? But you know, a lot of guys will put two lefts and two rights out, and then two cannonballs down, you know, or at least one cannonball down past the motor, and uh, go that way. Okay. And uh, you can you can fish for striper clear up to. God knows when it was so hot uh, race time was so hot and the water the water was so hot it was incredible last year it was like 78 degrees on top of the water it's like bathtub water so they were down quite a bit you know they, they can't handle that they need like 60 degree water just like a trout. right you know they can't so they
0: I didn't know that I thought they were more like a warm water fish they're not
1: no nah, well they're from the ocean but they're not. They're not, uh... They're not like a bass or something. They can't... So, no. if you pull one out,
0: are they They're pretty Are they pretty delicate fish? Like, if you're not going to keep them, you got to get them back pretty quick, and...
1: A lot of times, you get a big fish in, mm-hmm. they'll die in the boat. They fight to the death. Really? Yeah. Huh. But yeah. you're going to eat them anyway. Right. Yeah. They actually... Uh, excuse my language. Sperm out. They actually do. They sperm out right in front of you. Yeah. It's messy. you got to wipe them off. Wash off the deck, you know. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've... I mean, I've even had trout
1: do that to me. Yeah, yeah, they'll fight to death, and that's the end of it, yeah. you know. They're dead, and uh, uh, fly them out. I mean, you get some real horsepower flays out of them. I'm talking like three-quarters of an inch thick, and they're real meat fish. Yeah. Yeah. We even, uh, I don't know what that was, but... That's my mind. Uh, Oh, I thought Oh, I thought it was mine for a minute, but... Uh, We've actually chased them around on the boat. and They chase the bait so fast, the boat can't keep up with them. Right. You know, so, you know, you actually have to wait for them to run into you.
0: What's a good day for them, then, uh, weather wise? And then also, what's a good day for them as far as w- what's the limit on them?
1: Two per person.
0: Two per guy. Okay. And what's the, uh, how big the inches do they need to be? Or is it um, like weight? What do they do by?
1: I think it's minimum of 20. 20, 20 I think. I I don't remember 2025. You you, uh, I think the bay is 25. Okay, and then 20.
0: What are you guys looking for on a? Is it overcast day a good day to go? Sunny? Uh, What are you looking
1: for? Early, looking for early. Okay, Um, early in the morning, especially somewhere like Racetown. we were fishing the bottom uh, this year uh, down by the dam, but that's so recreational down that way, and the water gets stirred up. And the more the water gets stirred up, the further down they go. Right. You know, mm-hmm. they don't like that action. Do you guys fish for at night? Yes, okay. we do. Fish for at night, clear into daybreak.
0: And then uh, that you're done. So you put in i a th- a gra- I'd say
1: around 10 o'clock, 11 okay. o'clock, you're done.
0: It's like a graveyard shift fishing, huh?
1: Yeah, pretty much is. Um. They so say, say you,
0: uh, we said that you, you know, we know you're trolling with them. You said what you're using.
1: You I've guys, used trowel too. I've we heard were, a lot of guys use trout.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One of my one of my good buddies, he said that that's what they use.
1: Yeah, I really did. One day I really cleaned up one trout. We, we actually caught five. Mm-hmm. Um, there was only two of us. We had to give one to the guide. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he went, he didn't, he, he had no problem with that. Right
0: uh so what do you do with them then you got
1: them you you fillet them oh yeah yeah electric fillet knife uh we brought uh a whole bunch of me and tim lidwell and uh uh, skinner and different ones and um, actually burned his fillet knife up his electric fillet knife yeah
0: so you got your fillets do you soak them in milk or do you
1: do you soak them in anything you just fry them right up you right between the skin and the fillet mm-hmm. there's a red meat in there you got to get that out you got to get that all out it's a gland and it's it'll it'll make it super fishy and oily so you, you cut that out and it and and you can just bread it or you can bake it it, it stands alone that stuff stands alone it's good anyway you want to prepare it
0: right I've heard that, too. But, yeah,
1: I've heard, you know,
0: just catching one's a good day.
1: Yeah. So Yeah, if you get one, it's a good day. Yeah.
0: So that's a lot of work. But, hey, it goes back to what we were saying, you know, it's more rewarding. Yeah.
1: We have pictures of uh, four and six of us. Yeah. You know, or three of us holding six up, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Super day, you know. So,
0: are you looking for deep lakes? Is that where you guys are? Is that where a, a striper guy's going to... Do well.
1: Well, they when they're I notice when they're feeding, they're not way deep. Mm-hmm. The only thing in the summertime that's way deep is the lake trout because they need the cold water. Right. Yeah. But um, the striper, they're, they're usually 20, 20 feet down, thirty feet down, mm-hmm. even fifteen feet, depending on the time of year. If if that water is warm up top, they're down. You know, they can't stand that heat. So, what times of the year are you out there striper fishing? Uh, I don't start real early. Uh, I I'd start like uh, I'd say end of May to June. Uh, mainly because race towns where I go, and there's a lot of debris on the lake early on. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, your planer boards get tied up, and your lines with debris until so they get the lake clean. Right. You know. I've actually seen refrigerators floating in that lake. Yeah.
0: What is that coming out of Party Cove?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Floods, you know, there goes a tree and there's a tree and now there's a refrigerator and, you know, if you're zipping your boat down there, imagine hitting a refrigerator off your bow, man. Did you ever catch
0: anything real odd?
1: Real odd.
0: Something really different?
1: Just in the ocean. Okay. You know. Yeah. Ocean fishing. Uh, yeah, you never know what deck you're going to catch. Yeah. I caught this fish that had, like, squirrel teeth in it. And it had, like, all these warts all over it. And I grabbed it with my hook. I mean, I wouldn't even touch it with my hand. I don't know if it's sting me or whatever. And then I got my needle nose pliers to get the hook out of him. And he's biting the needle nose. And then I threw him in and got rid of him. And then uh, we were out there. I was fishing down to Key Largo and uh, um, uh, going for blue grunts. And as fast as you can fish is as fast as you can catch them. And they're like giant-sized panfish. Yeah. And they're delicious.
0: I'm sure if it's it's like a panfish. Oh, my God. it's the reason they call them a panfish, isn't it?
1: Yeah, (laughs) I think so. (laughs) I don't know if that's true, but I just... I figure they're delicious. Oh, my God. I was throwing them in my chum bucket because mm-hmm. the, the deckhands couldn't get around on the party boat to get everybody's fish. Right. I, I had tails sticking out of my bucket, <laughs> and I'm digging for bait right next to them. Right. Catching all these fish. Then I hooked into a moray eel. and then it balled up on my line. and They cut my line right off, of, and it dropped right back in the water. No one wants that on the deck. Right. You know? Yeah. That's <laughs> oh, pretty cool, though. Oh, yeah. A lot of... Uh, eel with. He's half, half teeth, too. Right. You
0: know, have you ever caught any eels in Pennsylvania?
1: No. No, okay. my parents have, but I haven't. Okay.
0: Um, let's let's get back to uh, what we were talking about a little bit. Something I wanted to bring up with you that me and you talked about before was I don't want to say they're, they're superstitions, but like theories, maybe. But let's talk about some older uh, hand-down things like I was telling you about so a lot of guys like to talk about if they're deer hunting or they're hunting something, the blue jays will rat on. Oh, yeah. It's moving in the woods. Let's talk about some other stuff that maybe you heard or uh, something that you
1: use. Well, I, I've actually noticed, you know, red squirrel or, you know, especially red squirrel. You're hunting there and he comes out of his tree and the next thing, you know, he's chipping at you, you know. Yeah. That, that deer knows that. Mm. You know that he knows that that, that squirrel's bothering. He ain't gonna come around. Mm-hmm. Um, you hear shooting over on the falling ridge, and and up from the bottom comes a bunch of crows. You know something bothered crows. You know right. chances are it's deer on the run. Whether you see a buck or not, you know that's mm-hmm. you know same as the blue jay thing.
0: Yeah, but uh,
1: yeah, that's a kind of different.
0: I like to bring that up because it might not be true, but it's always fun
1: to think about, you know. Yeah, I know guys that piss in a bottle because they don't want the scent, you know. I'm up in a stand. I piss right off the stand. Right. You know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh, you know, I'm a guy that tries to hunt the wind and I really do believe in hunting the wind. And I what I'll try to do is hunt just off wind so that if, you know, an animal's coming to my back, maybe the wind's blowing to my left or right cheek, right? Well yeah. That's a strong point for him. Right. So when I'm hunting just off wind, I'm, I'm actually hunting upwind of them, but I'm, I'm just off wind, you know. But I'm also a busy guy, so sometimes I just throw caution to the wind and mm-hmm. I go, you know, I go and hunt. Yeah. But um, is there anything you want to touch on as far as uh, any woodsmanship stuff? Uh, something maybe that you want to, a knowledge you want to put out there that is maybe old knowledge for looking for deer or turkey or anything uh anything different you think maybe people might not know about or you might be able to help them out looking for something
1: well like a deer track you know the round the big rounded hoof okay. the rounded hoof is a buck because of the scrape mm-hmm. you know they wear the points down right and stuff um uh getting towards archery and right you know you, you can find scrapes and licking branches and, and whatnot you know right and and we spotted a couple last fall where they were carrying on there, and the rut will go clear into regular rifle. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know, I've uh, used some scent and actually had a button buck run right up to my stand and ball to me. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> um, just just different things like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, buck shit is is uh, uh, clumped right where the female was pellet you know yeah um uh, bucks I don't know so i've had, i've I've seen them where they were running together in regular rifle yeah you know mm-hmm.
0: kind of herded together
1: yeah bachelor group yeah two maybe even three
0: <clears throat> one thing that I've seen when you just to mentioned you know that you have seen them running together is what I've seen mature deer do it's kind of like they I've seen mature bucks let other bucks walk in front of them and I, I'm pretty sure that they're using them as a decoy. I could be wrong, but I'm... Oh, uh, scout. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like crows do. You know? Yeah,
1: yeah, scout.
0: Yeah. No, I could be wrong. That's just a theory I have. Yeah. But I, I, you know, you kind of always wait. There's one, there's two, you know. Maybe uh, the guy coming in the back's the biggest. And usually I, I've found it to be that way, especially when they are bachelor group.
1: I had a six-point scout in four and eight. It was coming in, and that eight would stay behind the brush, and, you know...
0: Yeah. Sometimes I think they know you're there. I
1: really do believe Oh, that. they have some kind <laughs> of sense to them. Yeah.
0: Oh, I mean, you're in their living room. Yeah. You know?
1: If they were in your living room, you'd know it, right? You'd have a feeling about something. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you would. Yeah. That's uh, why
0: you got to catch them when they're stupid, and they're chasing women around. Well, you know?
1: I've, I've always been a rifleman, and, and uh, I like it, and... and They're on their toes. They are. You know, Mm -hmm. first few chunks of lead thrown at them, they're... They know they're being hunted. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they know they're being hunted. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's quite a challenge when they get kind of skippy like that, you know.
0: (laughs) I agree. I agree. (laughs)
1: Uh, Archery has its challenges, you know. I mean, 50 yards out, you ain't going to touch a deer, you know. Yeah. Where if you had a rifle, it'd be easy. You know, right. and they're they're not expecting anything right now. They just got breeding on their mind. Yeah. You know, they're pretty dumb at that time. But uh Well I love my deer season, there is no yeah, doubt.
0: Yeah, I think that in Pennsylvania it's you'd be hard pressed to find outdoorsmen that aren't hunting a white deer. If they're an outdoorsman. Don't get me wrong, they're mm-hmm. out there, but it's pretty much on everybody's agenda that's that's a hunter.
1: Even if I don't get, like this year, I didn't get in no a buck. I got one the year before it was, I got a big seven. It, it, it was easy. It, it was meant to be mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was eating an apple. He, up in the stand, he uh, he uh, walked there behind the laurel where the dough were, and I Set my apple down, grabbed my rifle, and shot him. Mm-hmm. He fell. I finished my apple. Yeah.
0: Well, and that was all she wrote, huh? <laughs> That's all she wrote.
1: And Cleaned uh, him up and took him home. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And you ate him. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, the kids want half. Okay. You know, my kids always, you know, hit, hit me up for deer deer burger and stuff. Yeah. Uh, which is okay.
0: Right. It's the best. It's a, well, I prefer venison over beef. Call me crazy. But I was also raised on it, so...
1: I other than, a, a slight taste maybe. I I really can't tell beef from uh if you mix the beef fat with the deer meat, it's pretty hard to tell.
0: Oh yeah, if you mix any in, because then you're taking that leanness away, and
1: it's yeah. really hard to tell. Yeah, I, the only thing I noticed with the deer burger over uh, a beef burger, and it, it has a little dip a little bit different film on top when it's cooking. Right. Other than that, it, it you know the The beef burger is a little fattier film on top. Right.
0: Yeah. It's not. It's not as lean. It's not as lean. Right. Kind of like, you know, I know when I make tacos and whatnot, you always have to use something in there with your with your just straight venison or
1: a fall apart. Right. You, you know, know. Whereas beef,
0: you're gonna get all that oils and
1: such. Yeah. Out of it, yeah. You know? Well, it's called meat marbling. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. I, I shouldn't say this. I've actually tricked a couple people. They swear they never eat their their meat. They <laughs> <laughs> really enjoyed it, huh? <laughs> they like yeah. their, their burgers. You know? Like, okay. Right. Yeah. You I, know? Lot,
0: I think lots of guys have done that.
1: Yeah. Um, I like my venison rare, too. A lot of people cook it well done. Yeah. Right.
0: I like mine rare, too. Yeah. That's how you get the taste out of it.
1: Exactly. Same thing with the beef. The same thing with the beef. you cook yeah. a piece of beef to death, What you might as well eat a piece of wood. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they're missing out on the taste. Yeah. For sure. Um, Absolutely. So for this year, we'll change gears here a little bit. Sure. What do you have uh, on your mind as far as, do you have any goals for this year outdoors? Are you looking to, I don't know, maybe shoot a bigger buck this year? Are you looking to catch a certain amount of striper? Are you looking to?
1: Yeah. Well, I would like to get a bigger buck. I had a misfire on a perfect 10, a giant 10. And it's my fault you know mm-hmm. it was a lack of gun maintenance on my part but uh um a bigger buck would always be great you know i've, I've had my fair share of bucks but uh, finally got the boat worked out mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of work um uh, I, I like to stay out in glendale for like three or four or a race town for three or four days you know i have a covered wagon it covered it over and right just sleep right on it and get up and go again. Park in a cove. That's That
0: sounds awesome. You know, that's yeah. that's an experience in itself. Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, obviously we all search for a bigger buck, but you'd like to shoot a bigger buck this year. Uh, you'd like to spend three days on the lake, which is, that's cool. You know, yeah. that is a cool... Uh, goal
1: yeah enough food enough water mm-hmm. right or go back in for supplies right. you know
0: if you have to yeah yeah
1: right you can park the boat and go right in you know um I'm going to go from the bottom side of race town go up towards the james creek side I seem to do better up there okay up towards the upper end and uh you get away from a lot of the uh uh, jet skis and stuff like that. Right, the recreational crowd. Right, right. Yeah, not not completely, but a lot. And uh, I, do you I,
0: have do you have any goals for picking anything? Uh,
1: I would like to get in some more puffballs. I'm going to investigate that hens ruffle where I know. Where no, right, right. I <laughs> like to get that. Um. Uh, I don't know. I might. I'm going to do more walking this year. Um. I do have some areas Google Google Earth for ginseng, Okay. down towards Blue Knob. Okay. You know, you're more than welcome to come with me. If you well, think. that
0: might be something I'd do, and, well, you know, we're obviously we're not going give, to give away where we're going to go. No. But um, it would be cool to be able to probably take some pictures of us getting it out of the ground or whatnot and then putting that out there so that people can actually see. You know, I'm sure anybody can jump on to uh youtube or whatnot and watch somebody pick it or whatever but right uh, i'm sure they'd be curious to see uh me or whoever get their hands on it and kind of explain what i learned because right. i'm a newbie to it so
1: i've grown i've uh, picked some pretty old stuff 7500 years old yeah that's crazy yeah clear up above my knee it actually looks a little different than yeah. the average plant i'm sure he has a big root ball on that oh my god yeah yeah Yeah. <laughs> Well, Bill,
0: I want to be sensitive to your time. Um, I know you're a busy guy. So I know that I, it's hard to find time to get in the woods always. Yeah. But we always make it happen, right?
1: I'm going to, uh, one of my goals is I'm going to start taking Fridays off at work. Yeah.
0: That's, you know, that is something that I actually talked to a gentleman on one of my prior episodes about is about keeping your mind right,
1: keeping your body right.
0: And, that's one good way to do it.
1: Well, if I I put I put like sixty hours in five, right? And then I need Saturday to recoup, yeah. you know, and then Sunday's rest again, and then back to work, and there's yeah. no fun in that. Yeah, it's like it doesn't stop, huh? No, I no, and right. it, so so the woods are the that's it's your release though, and yeah. the lake too. Saturday, Friday will be a little bit of rest for me, mm-hmm. just just to recuperate. You get to recharge, you get to recharge, and then I I can then I can charge, right? You know cause I'm getting older, <laughs> right?
0: Well, I appreciate you coming down having you here. Uh if you ever want to talk again, you're more than welcome to come on again. And Absolutely. We can talk about whatever, you know. Like I said, thank you for coming on and if I get anybody who's going to throw any questions at me about anything we talked about, I'll reach out to you and we'll try to answer the questions as as, we, as quickly as we can. So, okay. Well, thank you, and Thanks. have a good season picking, have a good season fishing, and oh yeah, have a good season hunting. You too. All right, thank, thank you. Thank Mark. Hey, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode with Bill Cole. If you have any questions, don't be afraid to shoot me a message. I'll answer the best I can. Thank you for all the support, and if you could please like, subscribe, and comment on this podcast. Also, if you would be so kind to give us a follow on Instagram at Trout. I would be super appreciative if you could do those things for me. And until next time, enjoy the great outdoors.